Welcome to episode six, the final episode of Home Files. Over this series, we've learned everything about a KDR, including choosing your dream home, how to secure finance and build a budget, the options available at the incredible Spectra showroom, and why making your home more sustainable is a really smart choice. I'm Caitlin Judd. And I'm Anna McKenzie. And we're Lady Brains, podcasters and lovers of all things homes and design. We're so excited to bring you this series with the best in the business, Carlisle Homes. Joining us today is Tina, a very happy KDR customer who recently moved into her new Carlisle home. She's also a seasoned podcaster and she's the founder of Apparel, a successful Aussie brand focused on building a sustainable future by recycling and recovering used textiles. We're also joined by Steph Masuga, leader of the client liaison team at Carlisle, who specialises in knockdown rebuilds. She works with clients to build their dream home and she guides customers through the entire journey, from first deposit through to handing over the keys. And we've got a cheeky little plus one in the studio, Tina's almost two-year-old son. So if you hear a little something in the background, that's him. Welcome to our last episode of Home Files. So, Tina, we're really, really excited to cover everything that we've spoken about across the last five episodes today in relation to your KDR journey. And we'd like to start at the very, very beginning. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about you and your family? Okay. So, uh, my husband and I own our own company. It's called Apparel. We are Australia and New Zealand's uh, largest textile recyclers. Um, So, I guess that pretty much means we've we've created really easy, simple uh, digital solutions for um, consumers all over the country and and brands to um, ensure their textiles don't go into landfill. So we're a really, I mean, like a lot of people, we're extremely busy, three kids, and we don't have a whole lot of time, you know, to spend on things that we'd like to. So I guess our journey sort of started, we, we bought this gorgeous home uh, back in 2017 and we wanted to live in it for quite some time and, and you know, we thought about doing a, a duplex or extending it. It was a really beautiful um, period home. But uh, after we, we actually got plans drawn up to, to build a duplex and then we're like, you know what, it's just not going to be big enough. Let's get plans drawn up to extend the home. So we also got plans drawn up to extend the home. <laughs> Uh, we like to waste money. Yeah, you yeah. getting that? Yeah, <laughs> got it. Uh, <laughs> after that, we um, we we got the quote back from the builder, and he's like, "Look, this is how much it's going to cost, and I'm a maid of yours. It's going to be another twenty percent extra on, on top of you know because it's an old house. Old problems are going to mm-hmm. come up, mm. so add another twenty percent." Uh, we looked at that and we thought, "This is stupid. We can literally we can knock down and build." a whole brand new home. So um, we actually went with another volume builder initially. Uh, We got to the point of, um, we went through the whole process pretty much of picking out colours and whatnot. It then got to contract signing and I just wasn't, I hate this word, we weren't vibing. Didn't have a vibe. The vibe's important. Yeah, Yeah. It's a relationship. You have to be happy. We're all, I'm all Mm. about the vibe and Mm -hmm. it just wasn't there. So we just put it on hold for a bit. We randomly one day woke up and said, "Let's, let's go check out Carlisle. Now, I'm not joking. We went to one display home. And I put a deposit down that day on that one home. I didn't look at anything else. I just knew it was the perfect floor plan and everything. 
I'm just crazy like that. <laughs> what a journey. But I guess you'd been through so many stages before that. Yeah. You probably, did you know exactly what you wanted by that stage? We knew exactly what we wanted. I knew that I wanted a single story home. I knew that I needed two plus living areas. I knew that I needed this kids completely away from me. And <laughs> I say that I love them. I love them. I We're just looking space. at your little son over there. Yeah. You just walked into this um this this home, this floor plan and it was everything that I wanted. Sounds like love at first sight. It really was. And I think um, what really got us over the line, I don't remember his name, but our sales, uh, the, the sales team that was there, the, the man, and he he was just so like, uh, I say this in a really positive way, he didn't care if we signed or not. It mm. wasn't like we there was no pressure. And I was just like, you know what? This is so right. Let's let's just do this. And it was just go from there. So, so you've gone through quite a few stages yes. there. <laughs> it feels, it's a journey. Yes. You went on the journey. Was Acadia ever an option from the beginning or was it something that, you know, kind of over time you thought, actually, if I want everything that I need for my family and obviously a growing family, something that, um, you know, I can future-proof. Yeah. Was it something that evolved over time, that the idea of doing Acadia, or was it in the back of your mind from the very beginning? It was always the plan to knock down and rebuild. It was just how were we going to do it. Um, Because we're so busy, it had to be with a volume builder because it just took out a lot of the, the work that was involved from our end. So even when we looked at extending the home, there was so much involved for me to do. And I'm like, I just, I don't have the time Mm. or the experience to do it. So yes, knockdown rebuild was always the plan. It was just how were we going to do it? And then going with Carlisle meant that a lot of the the guesswork, a lot of those really, those things that, you know, you just don't know anything about that all that guesswork was taken out. It was taken care of for us. Steph, is it quite common for people to come to Carlisle having looked at renovating and drawn up the plans, potentially having worked with another builder? Like, is it common for people to have gone through those processes or stages? Yeah, it is. I find um, quite a lot of clients want to stay in their current location because of schools um, and access for family and those sorts of things. So um, a lot of them come in quite headstrong that a demolition is the right thing for them, um, for block size and all sorts of matters. Um, but yeah, they usually do their homework, go through different um, display homes from other companies and then settle on whichever one's best for them. Was that your case, Tina? Like, did you fall in love with your area and didn't want to move that, and that's why you basically stayed? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's it's a, it's not our forever home, but while my children are young, uh, we have access to some of the best primary schools. So staying in our area was super important. We're a 10-minute walk from the beach. We're a 10-minute walk from Main Street, Mordialic. Uh, so we've got our friends around the corner we're in a really great location. So uh, moving suburbs, especially in this, um, I guess, real estate climate, 
uh, was, you know, wasn't an option, uh, but we love where we are and, and, and we wanted to stay there. So can you take us back into that moment when you walked into the display home, paint a bit of a picture for us, like how did you emotionally feel seeing the home? Like was it excitement? Was it relief? Tell us about that whole experience. Um, I clearly remember being slightly stressed out because I had three children <laughs> with me. So you, t- you took the family. Yes. Important. Yeah. Um, and like every time we go like, – I just I remember when we were looking at the other volume builder a long time before that, they'd run into the bedrooms and, you know, they claim a bedroom. It's like it's not even our house. Yeah. But they claim, <laughs> this is my room. And it's exciting. And I just thought, oh, God, they're going to be jumping on things again and someone's going to ask to use a toilet. And I have to explain we can't use this toilet. <laughs> so when we, um, when we got to this display home, my husband insisted we looked at this one in particular because he had already done a bit of research. So he saw he already sure. knew the floor plan was perfect. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what, I want something that feels – I wanted a single-story home, but I wanted something that felt – bigger than that, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And when you walk into the Matisse, uh, number one, the entrance is quite grand. Uh, you don't often get that with a single-storey home. And then when you open up that front door, we have the highest ceilings and it's just absolutely stunning. And so I just remember being quite wowed by the, I guess, grandeur of a single-storey home. Mm. And then um, instantly it was the the parents' bedroom or the master bedroom at the front and it was huge. It was, I think it was the same size as my old home. <laughs> what size is it? It's 35 squares. And as a single-storey home, that's quite big mm. because, you know, from the front door you can see to the back of the home and it is, it's very, 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 it's, it's quite big. It draws you in. It really like does. Yeah. It's such a beautiful floor. Plan. It's a very popular design. Um, yeah. yeah, we get a lot of you know. As soon as everyone walks in, they're like, "Wow, I had I did not expect it to be like this." But um, yeah, so master bedroom was incredible, and then it had that beautiful open master ensuite. Which honestly, the first night we slept in our home, I felt like I woke up in a hotel in the morning. That's so great. <laughs> yeah, I felt like it, more like a, a resort, a in, retreat. Yeah, yeah, it really, and I think it really is like that. It's so beautiful. And I just, it was perfect. The kids' bedrooms were all the way down the back and they've got, yeah. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. <laughs> tick, 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 tick. box tick, um, yeah. It had a, a separate, you know, uh, living area. Mm-hmm. That's our, we, we've we turned into a formal dining room. Um, and then, yeah, it was just perfect. The The space of the, the kitchen and the, um, the family room was nice and big. A lot of the times it's quite narrow and, and you see a... Um, dining table in the centre and I was so glad that the dining table was far from that. So it was just extremely well thought out. That sounds amazing. It sounds like it's ticked all of the boxes Yeah, your initial brief. Mm, yes. Perfectly. Yep. Is it usually that easy to find <laughs> what you need off your first brief? I know we've got many display homes is it always this kind of is this is it this easy I think there's a lot of ava- um, information available mm. online so people do their homework um, and think about what they want whether it's two three four bedrooms those sorts of things but the interior designers and the sales consultants and everyone have done such a nice job that to be honest when I go there when I walk in I think I want to buy every house yeah. <laughs> We're furnished as many. it is yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it is um, definitely a positive point that people do walk in and think, oh, mm. yeah, wow, because a lot of our plans are all about 
open plan and it kind of draws you in and you can mostly see from the front entry to the back of the house and it's quite like inviting. So yeah, a lot of clients comment on those sorts of things for us. It really is a great shopping experience, isn't it? Mm, it's fun. I mean, so much better than looking at a, a magazine or a, or a pamphlet, totally. like let's go straight through the house and I'll take one of those, thanks. Oh, I end up looking at how they're furnished yeah. and the artwork mm. and mm. picking up the pots and thinking, oh, where did you get that from? <laughs> it's that whole, I guess, that tangible experience mm. which makes it it's real. It's real, yeah. And then it, it brings back that part about the kids running mm. in and claiming their bedrooms, mm. you know, and, and actually the bedrooms that my children claimed, they are their bedrooms now. So none of them went into the master and they were like, this one's mine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're not even allowed in my bedrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Mummy's retreat, stay yeah, out. Get out. Stay get out. out. Yeah. So um, what facade did you end up choosing and why? Like, was that difficult for you? So we went with the Halifax Hebel facade and um, I went with all white everything. Oh. Yes, it's surf mist to be specific. Popular colour, nice. And roof, everything is is white. So how did you come to choose that facade? Was it a hard process or were you like, no, I know exactly what I want, I've got it in my mind, tick, tick, tick. So we live in a, I guess, a coastal suburb. We're so close to the beach and it is a bit of a requirement in my street to have some uh, weatherboard on your home. It's not a, you know, on paper requirement, but it's what everyone in the street asks for. So for me, it was a, it was like a no-brainer. I always mm-hmm. wanted to have – our home originally was a weatherboard home and I loved it. It goes with the area. And so when I saw that facade, I was like, yes, that is the one. In that early stage mm-hmm. when you had picked the house, did you also consider the garden around your property? I did, but, you know, it was a lot of back and forth. So we were so lucky. Carlisle was so helpful in this space. Our original setback was about um, 10 metres. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, There's a duplex next door to us and then there's a, a, a brand new build on the other side. And the, the brand new build had come forward quite a lot. And then the duplex was a bit further back. And we were so far back, we thought we're not going to have any backyard left. Let's see. And our um, CLE was so great. She did some research and worked out that we didn't even have to apply for an application and our home came forward. So we've now got only like a, I think it's like a five metre setback, which is crazy. Wow. And actually recently the the, the um, local council has just changed the rules and I think it's probably because of our house. So <laughs> It my, sets the tone for the street. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was so, I guess our, our yard, our front yard now is nowhere near as big as what I had anticipated. It's much smaller. It's a really clean, neat garden. So I think had it been any bigger, I would have had sort of grander plans, but it, it, it's it's pretty small, um, but it, it suits the it home. It suits the home. Yeah. Yep. Steph, what is a CLE? Can you explain a little bit about, well, firstly, <laughs> yeah. what is that acronym and what role do they play in the process? Yeah, yeah. So for the Knockdown Rebuild CLEs, it stands for Client Liaison Executive. Um, so they're your main point of contact. So when you deposit at sales, you get in allocated one of the client liaisons, uh, I think in your case it was Jesse. Um, so they'll call, introduce, book in their appointments um, and they are your main point of contact right through the administration process, the build, and then also once we hand the keys over after the fact, they'll still be in contact. And for our Knockdown Rebuild team, the CLE uh, is also your permit coordinator. So it's almost like a mini project manager, but they'll cater for everything, your contract appointment, any changes, any questions, check in, make sure you're happy whilst the house is being built. 
your own little project manager. Mm. Did you form quite a nice bond with Jesse <laughs> over the time your project was happening? Uh, Jesse and I formed an incredible bond. Um, so it's weird not talking to her now, but <laughs> we almost became like best friends. Um, and we got along extremely well. And I probably shouldn't say this, but most of the time we would chat about things that had nothing to do with <laughs> my home. Um, we would just chat about everything else in life. Uh, but she was incredible. She was just so helpful. I would say I'm a pretty easy person to deal with, but you know, I, this it's you're building your your mm. home and um I would forget a lot of things and I would always nag her for certain things and she was just, you know, happy to help. So, I was really fortunate to have uh, someone so easy to deal with. You end up working with the client liaison depending on your project sometimes, you know, a year and a half, 2 mm. years, so it's pretty important that you get along and it makes everyone's yeah. time so much more enjoyable that I used mm. to do that too, just chat on a Friday and see how my client's week was and yeah. what they're up to for Love the weekend yeah. because mm. you speak weekly, yes. if yeah. not more. Yeah. So. so, Tina, tell us about the selection process, fixtures, fittings, design elements, everything that goes on inside the house. I feel like I would struggle to make a decision here. Oh, my God, decision fatigue. How did you go? Um, I'd like to think... Uh, that I know exactly what I want. Um, and I, I did have a pretty clear vision in my head. Um, but, uh, and I think for me, it was a bit different because we were, it was during lockdowns, mm. but I had the um, Carlisle website, the Spectra yeah. platform to refer back to. So that was super helpful. And I'd pretty much just find things on, I live by Pinterest. Okay. I'd find things on Pinterest and then I'd look in Spectra and, and try and find what I was after. And I think I got like 99% of what I wanted, which is pretty good. Um, so I went into my colour appointment um, pretty confident uh, with my selections, uh, but you know, as soon as you step in there, it's your. your what about this? What about this? Three yeah. and a half, three and a half thousand choices you can yeah. make different yeah. products. Yeah, but I was yeah, still, I was still like, I still you had still my knew. vision. Yeah, yeah. And I think at the time, I believe her name was, uh, I think it was Jenny that took us through. She knew exactly what I wanted. I showed her photos, and she was like, "Yep, let's do this, 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 this." And she pulled everything out. It was a really exciting process. I'm not going to say it was difficult. It wasn't difficult, but you're you're making a decision for your home. Mm. So it's just scary. I, I, I think my choices were pretty safe. But um, looking back now, well, now that the house is complete, they weren't safe. It's totally different to what you would, I'd say, normally see mm. in yeah. a volume build home. Um, I upgraded a lot. <laughs> Tell us about some of the upgrades. <laughs> Upgrade that one. Um, that my, one, that one. <laughs> my kitchen was the first Yep. Uh, kitchen, bathroom cupboards. I walked into my appointment and I looked at my husband and I said, I'm telling you now, I'm upgrading the kitchen just so you know it's going to cost this much. And I didn't know, I just guessed. And lo and behold, it was roughly that amount. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, what, what did you do? use it every day. What did I do? Yeah, like what, what upgrades did you make? Oh, so the kitchen, the, the cabinetry and yep. everything. So the the face, is that what it's called? The 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 face of the cabinet. Um, so I upgraded that for the bathrooms. Little things like floor-to-ceiling tiles, nice mm. big tiles. Um, mm. The floorboards are uh, parquetry. The Caesar stone, I did um, Caesar stone backsplash to match the bench top. Just little things. The they detail. make such an 
impacting the home. Oh, we're getting a visual yeah. on uh, the kitchen at the moment. Oh, and let me look. Oh, oh yes. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, you have to feature in the um, stool space as yes, well. Yes, yeah. So there was just those little things that make such an impact mm. in the home. What were some of the boldest choices you made? I went with a completely black kitchen. That was quick. Yeah. <laughs> bold. Very bold. Yeah. Bold. Yes. I, I mean, I'd say so. Most of the times you just, it's a white kitchen with yeah. Um, yeah. shaker cabinetry, which is beautiful. It's so nice. And that's what are you expect in a, in a Hamptons home. I wanted my home to be Hamptons on the outside and, you know, modern contemporary inside. inside. So I guess that the black kitchen, I'd say my flooring is a bold choice. I am seeing it more and more now, mm. but it's so beautiful. I, it gives such depth to to the home as well. I'm trying to think of what other bold. I think just doing an all white, an all white home exterior. as well. Mm. Yeah, exterior was quite bold. You don't see that that often either. I remember my neighbours asking me, so what colours are you going with? And I said, it's all white. They're like, what else? I said, white. <laughs> white and white. white. Oh. That's it. And they were just, yeah, confused. Um, <laughs> it looks great. I'm sure it does. Anything that you would change? Uh, there's not much that I would change. Uh, the only thing I wish I could go back in time and read my plans better because you think that you know how to read things and uh, this is actually a bit of a funny story, but it's turned out fine. <laughs> I didn't read my plans that well and there's a floating wall inside my bedroom. I thought behind that was going to be another extension of the wardrobe um, and I, I walked in one day and I had the most incredible, um, uh, what was Luke? Supervisor. Uh, supervisor, site supervisor. Oh, my God, he was amazing. And I walked in and Luke was there and I and I saw two holes in my wall and I said, what are they? He said, they're niches. I said, but they, they're getting covered up, right? He's like, no, that's you know they're there. They're on the plans. And I'm like, I thought that was the framing. I thought that was the structure. <laughs> He's like, why would it show on the plans? So I have these two niches on my um, the wall behind my bed head and they actually look quite lovely. It's a feature. Um, but if I went back in time, I just I would ask that extra question about yeah. the framework. I think you did a pretty good job, or everyone did, being able to do the um, appointments virtually through mm -hmm. COVID. I just, you couldn't pay me to think that that could happen in the past, but it had to happen. Um, so thankfully, things are a bit different now. So, you know, you come in and you actually get to have a colour browse appointment with a consultant. So just to get the ideas flowing, it's like an hour and a half appointment in colours. You can then always visit on a Sunday as many times as you like, um, which I think helps people that yeah. are probably aren't as prepared as you um, to come up with colour schemes and things they might want to do. And then, you know, having things like your tender and contract appointment face-to-face -face means your CLE can walk you through every page of your plans. But, yeah, it's a lot of information to take in. So I think the best thing you can do is make sure that you let the staff member know that, you know, this is my first time reading plants. I'm really say, not yeah. sure about my colours. Mm. A lot of clients actually refer to display homes and copy that because they can actually see it mm. in real life and they end up pretty happy with their choices. But, um, yeah, I'd probably say that you've done a fantastic job given the circumstances when you went through your appointment. And I love the holes in my wall, the niches. So. <laughs> we love them now. It's a feature. Yeah. They're there for a yeah, reason. They're yeah, there. they're there. They're there. <laughs> so, Tina, I'm curious to learn more about the sustainability choices that you made in your home because obviously your business operates in the sustainability space. Yes. I'm sure you're very conscious of, you know, your impact on the environment and how efficient your home is. Yeah. 
Talk to us about that process. I guess knocking down and rebuilding my home is is it was like a bit of a tricky subject because of what I do. Um, my company's all about sustainability. We divert things from landfill. And so here I was knocking down a home, mm. you know, uh, we can do as much as we can to salvage what we can. And, and a lot was salvaged in the process. But at the end of the day, it was a really old home. It had old home problems and it, um, you know, it had to be knocked down. Um, so I guess the facade that we chose, um, a big selling point was the Hebel on it. I know that Hebel's got some really incredible qualities. Energy doesn't saving, it? yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then we went with the Colour Bond roof, which also is really fantastic. Has insulation underneath too. Yeah, it's called the Sark. Sarking? Sarking. I, I call it sarkling. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so we've also got the double glazed windows, which was a really huge thumbs up for us in terms of- It's like um, thermal control. So yeah. keeps heat in or out, depending whichever season it is type thing. Same with the insulation, but yeah. your house will always be of a six-star rating minimum yeah. and yours is above that. Uh, yeah, ours is above six-star rating. And it's we've already had one summer in our home because we moved in. We got the keys on the 21st of December. Wow. And, yes, it was incredible, all thanks to Luke. But we had a pretty hot summer and it was amazing because our old home, we would walk in and sometimes it would be 38 degrees in wow. the home. And I don't think... Our home went over 22 degrees on the hottest of like a consecutive hot days. And so that was pretty amazing. Mm. Um, And it just made us realise, wow, you know, had we kept that old home and just extended, we wouldn't have been able to do that. We it still would have. You'd be paying a lot and well, you'd be pulling out all of the walls and having to insulate and Mm. and it probably wouldn't. Be as efficient. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. so building a brand new home, we we've already seen so much. Um, our electricity bill, for one thing, is like nothing compared to what it was, mm. just because of the um, I guess the Takes six star rating. Heat. Yeah. Any other sustainable choices? I mean, with garden or any design elements, furniture materials you were using? Um, so in terms of furniture, a lot of my furniture is being custom made. I'm actually waiting for my dining table. It's a really long process. Uh, but I uh, sourced this incredible um, local wood. Uh, Carpenter? Wood, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> um, wood maker. Uh, <laughs> Close. <laughs> and my dining table is made from all uh, recycled materials. Um, so you wouldn't know that by looking at it, um, but it's incredible. It's quite bold, actually. Back to bold choices. It is emerald green. Oh, wow. Um, it's, uh, and it's um, oval. Kind of. It's it's square with uh, rounded edges Um, and then it's – so all the wood is recycled and then the legs are made from – they're they're metal and they're powder-coated, that that green as well, and they're made – they're like offcuts from like – a work site somewhere. The, I guess, dining chairs, they're not so much a sustainable choice but they are are quite – high end and I come from a, you know, buy it, wa- buy it good and buy it once mentality mm-hmm. where when we invest in our pieces, we, we're not going to keep buying things. This is, I bought these for a long time. They're really beautiful. Um, they're classic and they're going to last a really, really, really long time. And same with my couch. Yeah. And what about home automation? We spoke about that in the last episode and it sounded very interesting. We were hearing all about the different systems mm-hmm. that automate lighting and sprinklers and appliances, etc. 
Did you go down that path? So it's probably something that I wish I had done sooner, but I wanted to automate from the beginning. But when there's two people in this together, both have to be on board. Compromise. And yeah. <laughs> so um, it was for me, it's a process that uh, started after we moved into the home. So um, a lot of the lights and everything run off Google Home. We installed security cameras everywhere and they're running off Google Home. The doorbell so I guess the good thing is, you know, at nighttime, hey, Google, turn off the lights and then everything goes off and then just one lamp goes on and that's just on for the kids at nighttime. You know, the blinds and all that, uh, they're automated. So I would like to automate more. We've got speakers in all the bedrooms. I love music. I'm always playing music for my kids. Saturday mornings, everyone wakes up to the same music in every single bedroom. Oh, that's so cool. Um, that's cute. So, yeah, I just love, I don't know, I grew up like that and I want my kids, I remember that growing up. So, and now it's automated, so it makes life easier. Um, but yeah, there is more that I would like to add along the way. So, what about a t- from a timeline perspective? How long did this entire process take? Maybe not the original stages where you were going to no. renovate and all, <laughs> the, all the other bits and bobs, but from the time that you kind of went into that first display home to moving in, what what were we looking at from a timeline perspective? So, from the moment we uh, went into the display home, signed the contract, and picked all of our colours, um, so the, I guess the whole process was about twelve months. But from the moment we moved out of our home to going back into our home was eight months. Eight? Yes. Wow. That's and quick. Super quick. And I know, and I feel so stupid saying now, thinking back and thinking how long it felt because, listen to me, people, I lived with my mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so lucky that it was such a, it was I can't believe it only took eight months. We've tweaked our process quite a lot over the years, I guess. But, um, you know, when you do knock down a home to abolish your services, so get rid of your gas and electricity, just that alone takes four or five weeks mm-hmm. for the third-party companies to come and do that. So I think a lot of people think, I'll move out today and I'll knock down tomorrow, but it's not quite the case. Yes. So, you know, you wait for that. <laughs> you wait a couple of weeks for your demolition and we're just sitting there twiddling our thumbs going, come on. Mm. And then we finally, you know, the demolition's done and that's where we come in and take over. And I think sometimes, you know, we can get a client to site within two or three weeks from when the house is knocked down because we're prepped and ready to go. Um, but, yeah, the single story build time's pretty impressive. It was incredible. And right before Christmas too, I think most clients live with relatives oh. and they're like, like, please. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was, was going to say, you got your keys on the 21st of December. Was that the best Christmas ever? So I'm like a want it yesterday kind of gal. And I had, and I always have a clear vision in my head. And the vision was I get the keys, I set up the kids' beds and put up the Christmas trees. Yes, trees. 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 Multiple, <laughs> Multiple trees. trees. And it, yes. Oh, you yeah. got two living areas. I'll, no, they're just in one. I'll show you a photo after. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kim Kardashian. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so, and I didn't, I, I didn't, it didn't go entirely to plan because how was I going to do all that? But I, we did get the, we got the kids' beds in and we surprised them and it was the it was just the best surprise ever you know the kids were sharing a room they'd never had to do that before so they hated it and just to have their own bedrooms back and in this beautiful 
brand new home. Yeah, waking Rewarding. up in our own home on Christmas mm. morning, it it was actually the best Christmas present ever. During the process, were there any issues that caused you any major stress aside from having to live with your mother-in-law? <laughs> were there any other issues um, that pertain to the home itself? And what did Carlisle do to uh, help overcome those issues? Um, I nothing really. I I don't recall any issues with Carlisle. The all the communication, like everything was communicated. There was never any information that wasn't being relayed. But, you know, we had lockdowns during our build. So this is, I think that was probably the most difficult thing. I, I was sitting there like, come on, house, finish. And, and we go into a lockdown and a construction lockdown, which we actually hadn't experienced in other lockdowns. So it was just really... I was just, come on, hurry up. That was like the hardest thing, but it was really well communicated. And Luke, uh, you know, Jesse was on the phone to me every day. Luke was on the phone to me every day. You know, Luke and I communicated just as much as Jesse and I did. So I had two points of contact, which was incredible, you know, and you guys want to get the job done just as much Absolutely. as I do. You know, we yeah. all have the same goal. Um, and my biggest fear was not getting in before Christmas. And Luke was like, I'm going to make sure you are in that house before Christmas. And it's really funny. The day he gave me the keys, he goes, I can't believe I got you in before Christmas. <laughs> he so was I'm shocked. Like, you were lying to me this whole time. No. He's pepping himself up. Yeah. Were you able to do walkthroughs during the build or is that when we went to leave our houses? I drove past the house all the time and have a sticky beak from outside um, and that's literally what got me through. Because you could see it kind of yes. forming before your eyes. Yes. You're like, oh, the end is in sight. Yes. You wouldn't yeah. believe how many clients somehow managed to get a rental next door. Oh, we've spoken about yeah. that on so many times. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so you're in now. It's a lived-in home. Yes. You've got the family in there. You've had the Christmas. What's it feel like now that you're in there? What's what's your favourite part about moving into this beautiful home? Uh, I guess the fact that waking up in my bedroom is probably my favourite thing. Uh, it's such a beautiful, relaxing space. I love my bathroom. It's ginormous. Um, what's in there? It's so <laughs> it's a it's a so I did. Um, Look, imagining it right now. Um, so it's floor to ceiling tiles, really big, six hundred by six hundred, grey, gorgeous tiles, huge mirror. I've got that black cabinetry, big shower, a um, oh. freestanding bathtub. It's just a beautiful space to get ready in every morning. Sounds luxurious. It Your is. own sanctuary. Yeah, mm. it, it is. And um, my kids having their beautiful bedrooms, and um, the back room, uh, which is the rumpus room, we've turned it into a a little um, mini library for them, which I, I think I've got a photo somewhere. It's um, all their books up on the wall and it's just a, we do all of our reading in there. It's a really beautiful space. Um, the, the home has just got such a nice feel about it. There's no place like home. That's a grab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> has it taken you some time to kind of style the home and replace some of your pieces or have you just kind of really, you're done now? No. It has taken a lot of time. My, you know, dining table took like 12 weeks to get made. Nothing's really coming from overseas. It's all local. Right. So it still does take 
a long time. The um, you know uh, we have a feature being built on the uh, inside of the home when you walk in. It's like a, a big glass wine cabinet that's taking some time because you know other things had to uh, be done before that. You know I got quotes for fences done in February. I I chose the uh, the guy that was going to build it, and he said, "Yep, yeah, cool. I can't come back until September." Oh my gosh. To do it, and so I thought, "Oh, I'll get a couple more quotes," and that was pretty much the. Lead you know, time. Yeah. And it's weird because I've seen other people with fences. I'm like, who's doing your fence? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Give me the hookup. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's little things like that, but I then just think I'm in my home and it's okay. Yeah. It's also quite a fun, creative process. Of it is. Like sourcing pieces and thinking about where they'll go and how they'll fit and yeah. what the overall vibe's going to be. Do you find that process fun? Um, somewhat. <laughs> I- <laughs> I do love shopping, but it would be better if it was someone else's budget. (laughs) (laughs) Always, always. always. Steph, do you always get on Instagram and check out all of your clients' (laughs) completed homes? Like that must be really rewarding and Mm. really fun. From a work perspective, just get photos of the outside of the home when it's completed. And all of us, you know, we like to look at the different colours that they've chosen and so forth. But we mainly get the clients to send us photos of inside with their furniture and those sorts. But definitely do some snooping and like seeing people's taste and the little Mm. different things they change and all of that and add their personality to it. You know, I look and I go, oh, yeah, I could live in that one. And it must feel really rewarding helping people realise the Aussie dream of owning your own home. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, you're in touch with them um, from start to finish. It's not abnormal to stay in contact with clients after the fact. Um, You know, you see their kids grow up and, Mm. um, you know, in that space of time, you know, all sorts of things can happen in people's personal life that you kind of, you do, you form a friendship. So mm. it's nice to stay in contact afterwards and get the photos at Christmas time and see, you know, something that you kind of built together in action. It's really nice. And yes, it's very rewarding. Tina, what are you most proud of when it comes to this new home, this new kind of life that you have with your family? My kitchen. It's it's amazing. I love it. I love cooking. What do they say? The kitchen is the heart of the home. Yeah. It, really is. My kids sit around the bench. Uh, we make cookies there. We we bake. The kids um, do all their drawing and painting and it's such a, you know, my Caesar stone bench, it's it's such a durable space. Mm. Um, they, they make clay sculptures on there. They, there's so much that is done right in the kitchen. And um, I'd say, yeah, it's definitely that that area and, and how everyone just forms around it. I have friends over, we drink, you know, wine around that the, the kitchen bench. That that kitchen is just, the, it's really the centre of the home and, and where a lot happens. Is there anything that surprised you about the process, sort of reflecting back? Um, is there anything that's kind of really surprised you? My biggest surprise was how easy the process was and how smooth the process was and how easy it was made. Um, I think that was really surprising because when you think of knocking down and rebuilding your home, it just sounds exhausting saying it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't. It was surprisingly easy. I would, I've renovated a house before. I would never do that again. I would most definitely knock down and rebuild again. So we obviously have a lot of people that are considering KDR mm. listening to this episode. What would you say to them? Any top tips, any recommendations? We actually get a lot of questions on more so on the permit side of things. I think the best thing you can do is either speak to the builder or 
um, contact your council and get the information for your block. I think some clients can be quite taken back when they realise they need a planning permit or, you know, something that's going to add time to their process. We do all of those checks and let them know. But I think before you, you know, really put an an action plan in place, you need to understand um, what's required for your area um, and, you know, what type of house will fit on the block. You'll get a lot of assistance with that. um, But I think that's something important to factor in. I think um, for me, the biggest thing was, it's funny because I didn't even think of permits when we were building. I didn't even think I would need a permit. I don't know why. I, <laughs> but, um, you know, Carlisle took care of that, so that's good. Um, plans, read your plans, know your plans, and just ask as many questions because mm. uh, I don't think any question's a stupid question. You know, you're building something for forever. It's You can't knock it down and rebuild. Like, you, you don't want to do that. Uh, so, yeah. Look at your plans, read your plans, and if and my top tip is if you want to put a pool in, you have to do that beforehand because I found out the hard way. <laughs> yeah, tell yeah, us, it's... tell us the story. Well, we wanted to put a pool in, and um, you know we've got lots of people in our street which put pools into their home post construction, but I think their access was probably a little different to ours, and you know easements and all those little things. So. A pool would have been nice, but um, no, we've now just got a beautiful backyard, a beautiful seating area and, um, you know, I guess a pool would have probably taken up too much space anyways. I think the best thing you can do when looking at um, rebuilding is have a think about how you live in your current house and how you want to live in your new house. So simple things like if you did want a pool, we need to know so we make sure no plumbing runs through that area. If it needs to be done before the build, we can accommodate that. But in most cases, it's done after the fact. But like you said, there needs to be room for the machinery and those sorts. So, you know, we'll prompt you with those sorts of questions. But the best thing you can do is just blurt everything out. Say everything that you might want to consider and let the professionals go, okay, well, then you might want to consider ABC. Yeah. And for us, it was definitely an afterthought. Yeah. Because we... We, I don't think we ever thought we'd have that much backyard space either because we were so lucky to have had yeah, the um, the house pushed up that, that much in the front. So, yeah, you know, things change, but that's all good. Steph and Tina, thank you so much for joining us. I'm sure everyone listening wants to catch a glimpse of Tina's home. Tina, where can we find some imagery of your beautiful house? So I actually documented the whole build on Instagram and the handle is Carlisle Matisse 35. It's One a- word, no underscores. <laughs> it's absolutely gorgeous. There's also a video walkthrough, which you can find a link in our show notes. That's a wrap on Home Files. Thank you so much for listening in. We hope that you've learned a thing or two about KDRs and what you can expect when working with the best in the business, Carlisle Homes. And just remember, everything that we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and doesn't consider your own personal circumstances. So please speak to a licensed financial advisor or a professional consultant to discuss your own situation. If you've loved this series, please leave us a review on Apple or Spotify Or if you have a mate who's thinking about doing a KDR, send them the link. Thank you so much to all our listeners, guests and partners. CSR Hebel, the better way to build, and Australia's leading decorative surfaces manufacturer, Laminex. Get in touch with us at carlislehomes.com.au.